0: please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show.
1: I want to be really clear. It was hard. I'm not, I did the hard work to show up, but I, I tattooed my body with heroic dude. And it it was, it was, there were moments there where I'm like, what did you do, man? Like it was, it was, uh, it was potentially catastrophic. And the metaphor was we're on Everest, huge storm. People got blown off the mountain, supplies were gone. What are we going to do? Mm. I nearly wept more than once. I mean, it was a it, it was hard. And yet I practiced the philosophy. I, I harder than ever. There was no going off the rails for me. Again, at the risk of being a modest personal confidence, that I can handle whatever life throws at me. Anything that comes up. There'll be harder personal things, losing people and all those things, but whatever, dude, <laughs> nothing is going to be harder than that.
0: You are listening to The New Man, beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Do you ever feel like you're playing the wrong game in life? Are you overwhelmed by all the personal growth stuff you quote, should be doing? And if you checked all the boxes, would life be easy? Heroic CEO and app creator Brian Johnson is back to discuss his new book, Arate, Activate Your Heroic Potential. Since we last spoke, a lot has happened, including a challenge that nearly sank his business, along with millions of dollars, just a few days before their product launch. today. We dive into what he calls the ultimate game. We learn how our daily choices invite the circus to town. And we hear about the impact of putting his protocol into practice. Here he is. How you but doing, right man? Right early
1: on a Monday morning. Like, who got into my 8.30 a.m. on Monday? Must Only one guy can do
0: that. Triple Nero. What's up, brother? I thought, well, aren't you like a 4.30 guy? I figured like this is lunchtime for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I never schedule anything before 10. So I'm um, yeah. stoked that we are connecting and uh, excited to see you, dude.
0: How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great, dude. Hour of meditation this morning. Going deep.
0: Right on, man. Well, great to be back. Great to be back in the saddle with you, man. Good to see you again.
1: Good to see you, brother. Always have great chats. We were talking before our chats. So many people reached out to me and said, wow, that was such a great chat you have with So I'm looking forward to another one.
0: All right. So the shirt Arate. Let's 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 approach this as if somebody's never heard of you. Somebody's never heard of Arate. They're not they're not familiar with heroic, because um, the book is that you've got coming out. Arate is just gonna it's gonna impact a lot of people, and it's gonna be the, probably the first time that people hear about your work and all and everything you got going on. So let's just start floor level. What is Arate? That's a word that a lot of us haven't heard before.
1: Yeah, which in itself is kind of an interesting reflection on our cultural norms and and all good stuff. But arte is the one-word summation of my um, life's work, my philosophy. It's also the one-word answer that Aristotle would give us if we asked him how to live a great life. It's what the ancient Greeks, the ancient Stoics um, talked about. The word translates as virtue or excellence, but it has a deeper meaning. Something closer to um, striving to be I got. I've got my thousand second timer going off, which is which is uh, giving me the opportunity to uh, make sure I'm moving. If I was sitting and working right, deep, let's or something. Like, uh, let's do it. <laughs> literally, I, I'm a little behind on my burpees this morning, so that would have been the cue, the trigger, the prompt to go bang out eleven more burpees. But anyway, Arte, um, we translate it as virtue or excellence, but it has a deeper meaning, something closer to expressing the best version of yourself moment. To moment to moment now when we live with arte we experience what aristotle calls the summum bonum the greatest good of life which the word they use in ancient greece is eudaimonia which means good soul we weakly Mm. translate that into english as happiness but it means something closer to flourishing so when you and i you know i like to say close the gap so i draw two lines this is obviously just audio but i draw you know a line with my hand parallel to the ground at eye level. And I say, look, if you're capable of being this in any given moment, and there's a gap, and now I got my other hand coming in a foot below that line, and there's a gap between who you could have been and who you are, who you are actually being in any given moment, it's in that gap in which regret, anxiety, disillusionment, depression, it's more nuanced than that, but it's in that gap in which those things exist. You close the gap, you actually show up as the best version of yourself in that moment. No one's gonna do it perfectly, but more and more consistently, then you're living with Arte. And there's no room for all the negative stuff in that moment. You Mm -hmm. experience a deep sense of joy, eudaimonia, et cetera. So that's the uh, no long answer to your short question of what Arte is. It's good.
0: It's good. I want to come back to the best self because I think in our culture, we are given a version or an idealized version of the guy that's successful. He's thin. He's got the girl. He's got the title. That's what a lot of us think the, the best version of ourselves is. And so yeah. how, how, do, how do we approach the best version of ourselves where it's not this kind of idealized version or this kind of superficial version?
1: Dude, again, goosebumps getting right in. Objective one of the book, of our coaching program, of everything I do. Objective one is you got to know the ultimate game. So we've been seduced to play that game that you just described. It's extrinsic motivation. The way I describe it is, it's it's. Hey, if you want to be happy and fulfilled, then you need to go for fame, wealth, and hotness. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't succeeding in that, then you're you're, then you're just not winning. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So then, so that this is really important, though. And I have goosebumps again. And I know that that we're so aligned on this. Um, But you got to know the ultimate game. So the ultimate game we already talked about briefly. Uh, Aristotle tells us it's to be your best self in the true virtuous sense of the word, and scientists call that intrinsic motivation. So even if you're successfully pursuing extrinsic stuff, fame, wealth, and hotness, meaning you have all the Instagram followers, all the square footage you ever wanted in your house, right? even if you're successfully getting those things, you are less, quote, psychologically stable. And that phrase always moves me. You're less psychologically stable than people who know the real game, which is, no, 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 become a better person, Deepen your personal relationships with your friends and family and community and make a contribution to the world, however modestly. Those things, science says, are unequivocally how you create a life of deep meaning and purpose. Now, of course, we've been seduced to play the game that that you just described, fame, wealth, hotness. But we got to step back half an inch and realize, oh, wait, 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 I was playing the wrong game. Stephen Covey 20, 30 years ago said, it's like getting to the top of a ladder and realizing you put it against the wrong wall david brooks second mountain same thing you get to the top of the first mountain and you're like yeah i made it well wait this is it like this is what i've been working so hard for it's the second mountain in which we embrace these ideas and realize that the ultimate game we've been seduced to play was the wrong one then you get excited then you realize oh all right i'm going to focus on these things and create the freedom the aliveness the love the peace that you talk about activating your heroic potential in service to your family and community, the way we frame it up. Um, Again, long answered your short question, but getting me fired up already. Like (laughs) that's absolutely it. And we got to start there because if you don't do that, then you're heading in the wrong direction. And the the more successful you are, the faster you go in the wrong direction, the further you get from where you actually want to be.
0: Yeah. I want to come back to that phrase psychologically unstable. Is that, or or we're, we're pointing to instability psychologically, right? Yeah, and yeah. so how do we know if that's us? Because a lot of times we're just kind of looking in the mirror. We're looking at the, the. We're checking the box. Hey, I've got the money. I've got the status. I'm I'm important. Hey, I must be doing all right. But I'm not. I may not, I may not be paying much attention to my internal experience. That psychological stability. So, what does psychological instability look like from what you're talking about? How do we know? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we all experience it. I mean, it's it's the innervation, the burnout, the overwhelm, the meh, really, this is it. And then 80% of us, you know, are experiencing some level of anxiety, depression, disillusionment, mental, mental angst and challenge. So I think the felt sense is there for most of us. And again, I have it, you have it, we all have it at times. And it's not about getting rid of all extrinsic motivation. And there's nothing wrong with fame, wealth and hotness per se. But you want to know what the game is you're predominantly playing. We don't need to go 100% Gandhi on it and strip down to our loincloth, and that's all we do, and that's all we do now. Like, that what do you think it, I'm wearing like
0: underneath this, man? What?
1: Well, you and I both. Let's go. We can strip down right now. Me, you, and
0: Ted Nugent. We're in our loincloth. <laughs> Let's all right. go.
1: But... But all of us are experiencing that on one level or another. Now, for some of us, it's it's catastrophic or potentially nearly catastrophic. Perhaps we're binge drinking or eating or watching Netflix. We just those would be indicators that you're feeling that and you're trying to numb yourself from an underlying pain that you don't know what to how to describe it. So, again, stepping back a half an inch, an inch and just seeing, yeah, yeah wow, I've been seduced to, to play that game. And how's that working for me? It's not quite it. There's that that angst of I'm capable of more. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? And I, I found that getting that distinction locked in, then we can talk about how you can go about winning the ultimate game and playing that one well and experiencing a lot more joy in the process, more psychological stability, um, less joyless urgency is another phrase i picked up recently, joyless urgency, which is chasing things, including the eudaimonic stuff that I want to be my best self, but you can do that joylessly. So again, how do we bring more again, freedom, aliveness, love, peace. It's it's those are synonyms to what we're talking about here yeah. with with joy and flourishing.
0: Um I like that we're bringing this up because I think for a lot of folks we can get up in our head about this stuff, but if I if I say things like meh or depressing or overwhelm or anxiety, it's like, well, yeah, that I do have that and maybe I've been thinking I need to double down and do this stuff more. I'm not doing enough and what you're proposing is like, wait a second, there's another game, there's another mountain. There's another flap on the menu here, and we can take a look at that instead of investing even more of our time and energy, which we won't get back uh, into some, into a game. We just that's not the ultimate game.
1: Yep. Yeah, and that's not going to be easy. But then you put the proper amount of effort into the proper game, and then you experience the deep, meaningful, you know, um, sustainable gains of living a, a good life in an appropriate manner. You know, but but it isn't that it's easy. It's just that you know. <laughs> You're playing the wrong game. Then you've been taught, by the way, that it should be easy. So now you're going after all the fame, wealth, and hotness. And then whenever you face a challenge, something must be wrong with you, which is right. objective too, as you know, in the book, it's no, no. Rule number one is it's supposed to be hard. So know that you're supposed to face challenges. Nothing's wrong with you because you're experiencing whatever it is you're experiencing. Um, but yeah, uh, fully aligned.
0: Okay. Okay. One of the things that gets mentioned a lot its even the, the subtitle for the book, Activate Your Heroic Potential. Let's talk about potential a bit because I can think back to my early days of a personal development jackass that you called me uh, early on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think you called me that. What no, you, you called me that. It's on.
0: It's it's recorded. You were right. You were totally right. But the no 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 <laughs> I
1: wasn't no no just to be fair here and play that back for me when when you, when you trade some. <laughs> back today. My recollection is I love that phrase. I thought you coined it, and I maybe it was in the context of a conversation we had, of course. But I thought we were talking about that version of both of us and all of us when we're on yes. that track. Yes. Letters. Okay. Cool. Yes.
0: Yeah. 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 We're on the same page there. It's it's that part of us that. And this is what happened to me. This will happen to me. And I wonder how you have done this, how you've navigated this because it's, I read a book. Wow, I get excited. Of course, this, these ideas make sense and I want to integrate them. And that becomes part of this idea that I have about my potential. And then I read another book or I listen to another podcast or I listen to another thing and it just keeps stacking up. And this idea of my potential keeps getting larger and further out of reach where it suddenly becomes overwhelming. It's no longer inspiring. It becomes yep. this. Oh my God, I'm a I'm a piece of crap. I'm not living up to my yep. potential. Every book I read, every podcast I listen to, is helping me feel further away from who I think I quote should be. And yep. so, as someone who's read gazillions of books and and documented all these great ideas, how do we? How did you navigate all of that without it screwing up your sense of potential? And then we'll we'll get into what you mean by potential yep. in your book.
1: Yeah. Well, I I didn't. I went through the same thing that you went through. So I think part of cultivating wisdom is to realize the constraints of our reality. And you know, the opposite of wisdom is being foolish. So you, know, you can bury your head in the sand and you can not even think about these things, or you can go manic on it and try to do everything that you possibly can. But both sides of, of that virtue of wisdom are vices of deficiency and excess. You can be foolish in wanting it too much and not embracing the constraints of reality. So, this, as I alluded to briefly, this is one of the big challenges of self-development, is to bring joy to the process. But I would argue for me anyway, my experience of suffering came when my time horizons were wrong. So, what I'm suggesting with Arte is it's what in that the mean? moment. What is that? Mean? It's so so I'm gonna walk that out. So there's there's this moment in which I can be my best self or not. Then there's where I think I should already be. So I look back and I'm like, dude, I've been such an idiot. I have not shown up the way I should, and I'm now 40, excuse me, I'm 49 years old. I can't believe that I haven't done this and this and this because that person's done that and that and that, and I hate myself. That's the wrong horizon. And then in this moment, what do I do? I don't close the gap. I go drink. I don't drink, but I, I would go drink or watch you know, Netflix or go do whatever I'm going to do to numb myself, yell at my kids or whatever. Because my time horizon's wrong, I'm looking back and saying I'm not enough yet. And I I should have already achieved all the things. And I'm ignoring this moment, which is the only moment in which we can show up as our best self. And I'm talking potential right this moment, right this moment, right this moment, right this moment. If you string enough of those together, that big opportunity that you have to grow into your best self becomes more, uh, not necessarily, well, more likely. um, But then, then to go to the other horizon, there's the looking forward and feeling such a huge gap between where you are and where you want to be that you just give up again. And again, you forget that this is the moment to put on your socks, John Wooden style. And and that's exciting for me. And the way I'm trying to frame it up is redefining what it means to be a hero. As you know, the word means uh, protector. It's not guy with million Instagram followers or whatever. So redefining that, that we can all be the hero we've been waiting for. But then it's this moment in which We close the gap, express the best version of ourselves, um, then we are heroic. You don't need to wait until you're a best-selling author. You don't need to wait until you're on Oprah. You don't need to wait until you've checked everything off your bucket list. We've all felt that. We've all felt the moments in which we've shown up powerfully. We've strung together a few days of actually doing some things we do and write our best. And I think that's an important distinction. Again, longer chat with nuances both ways, but when I felt overwhelmed and just wanted to give up, and then you go nihilist on it, by the way. Then you say, screw it. Everyone who's into that is an idiot. And then we get really weird with our ambition. We see everybody else who's doing those things as something must be wrong with them. Oh, what do they got an unhealthy childhood or something? They got to go embrace this ambition. And that's our own disintegrated sense of what's possible. But don't ignore the fact that, as Maslow says, what one can be, one must be. Your potential is there knocking on the door no matter what, and it's not going away. So again, you, in a given day, choose not to step forward into growth, and you do the thing you know you shouldn't have done, and you do the thing you know you shouldn't have done, you're going to want to numb yourself at the end of that day. So there's always that whisper of potentiality in any given moment. And we need to do the hard work to figure out how we integrate that without either Giving up on everything and becoming a bit of a nihilist about it and a cynic and an overcritical person and disassociate with our ambition or go the other way. where We're burning ourselves out, <clears throat> not enjoying, you know, bringing a joyless urgency to the process, kind of always chasing the next thing, but not savoring who we are, what we've done and, and what we're experiencing in this moment.
0: I uh my takeaway, I'm I'm a bit more of an experiential type. So what I'm hearing in there is I've gotta pay attention to what's going on in my body as I as I approach this stuff. If I'm feeling that overwhelm and that yuck, that sense, that's information. That's an indication that something's off and I want to take a look at it. If I'm going in the other direction and I'm feeling that yuck, I'm off. But the the if I'm finding my lane, then there's a bit of zest there. There's a bit of like, oh, this is fun and I can do this, but I've got to be willing to Be more in my experience instead of stuck in these comparisons in my head about where I'm not and where I should be. Dude, but then
1: your experience, 100%, but then your your felt experience, both in terms of the meh and that, God, I just want to do addictive things or whatever it is for each of us, Mm -hmm. is an indicator that your thoughts are off and almost certainly that your behaviors are off. Mm-hmm. So you want to use those sensory you know, sensations as, to me, cues and triggers and prompts to do some cognitive behavioral therapy on yourself and look at it and go, what thoughts do I have right now that are leading to the opposite of freedom, aliveness, love, and peace? Oh, I have the thought that I should have already been more than I am. Is that helping me? No. And then I'm also binge watching this drinking too much, and I know I shouldn't be, or I'm spending too much time on my phone when I should be with my kids, is that helping me experience freedom, aliveness, love, and peace? Oh, no, it's not. But I I think it's an integration of the thoughts, the behaviors, and the feelings are downstream effects of disintegrated, unhealthy, unwise. Right. I mean, the cardinal virtue is wisdom, then discipline. You need to know the game you're playing, then you need to have the discipline to play it. And again, what happens for some, and I've been in that crowd, but not as much, is you become a nihilist about it. You're like, F it. All these fundamentals, all these things that everyone's talking about, or Brian certainly is talking about all the time, those aren't important. Those don't matter as much as he's saying. And I, I've, I feel more strongly about that now than I've ever felt. And there's a joy to it in the process of connecting the feelings, which again, I believe are indicators for thoughts and behaviors that can be tweaked, and then we get excited. Then you go to BJ Fogg and you realize nothing's wrong with you per se. The fact that you haven't been able to install these habit changes isn't a character flaw, he says. Perhaps it's a design flaw. And I tell a story in the book about me playing laser tag. I had no idea how to play the game and I sucked, right? It was a lot more fun when I realized how you actually shoot a laser tag. Life's a lot more fun when we realize, oh, wait, wait, wait. This is the ultimate game. this is how I play it well and yeah, I feel better when I eat and I move and I sleep and I breathe and I focus my mind in certain ways um, and then we can control the dials of life not in a, a again, uh what are we saying a self-help jackass way or in a nihilistic way, but in a very wise, calm, confident, grounded, energized, tranquil way. but again, there's no getting around that impulse that Maslow says at a certain point, Well, I like to paraphrase Maslow, hierarchy of needs. As you satisfy certain needs, and anyone who's this far into this conversation has satisfied those basic needs. He says the need to actualize your potential and to become that which you are capable of being is as real as your need to breathe, is how I frame it up. It's soul oxygen. And if you aren't living in integrity with that, um, you're going to suffer. But again, it's not because you didn't do all the things you thought you should do to win the extrinsic. Games, it's because you're not playing the the ultimate game well right now and you can change that right now overnight let's get a better night of sleep tonight turn off your electronics get an extra hour of sleep tonight you literally can change your life overnight it, it, and it, it is that simple it's not easy but it becomes a simple game that um I just keep on looking at your wall behind this here. Then you feel more of the freedom, the aliveness, the love, the peace. But the avenue to do that is art. It's moment to moment to moment. Am I stepping forward into my best self or not? And you know that too, to answer the implicit question there. What does that mean? You know, I know when I'm getting impatient with my kids that that isn't me being my best self. I know when I'm going to email again for the 20th time in the last 17 minutes, that that's probably not what I need to be doing. My old thing used to be ESPN, and I can give you a hundred other things I currently still do. But then it, again, it becomes a fun game for us to close the gap more and more consistently and feel that eudaimonic joy that's a byproduct of it.
0: And so, potential from the extrinsic motivation perspective is the stuff, the status, the fame, the significance, the, all of that kind of stuff, and shifting potential here in this language or to this game is more of honoring who we are on a soul level. And that's going to feel a little, there's going to be a rub there. I noticed that when I'm working with people through this, there's this addiction to, I want the big swing. I want the big impact. I want the big thing that I'm going to, uh, the reward. I don't want to do the small things every day. I don't want to do the little things. There's a resistance to that because they're so focused on where's the, where's the juice. Um, And so, there can be that shift. It reminds me of The Matrix when, you know, Neo wakes up and they're eating gruel and it's kind of like, he's like, you know, F this. I want to go back to eating steak and, you know, living in the, in the illusion kind of a thing. But it doesn't have to be gruel. I'm not, I'm not going to associate that. But there is that point of like, wow, it's these little things. What about the big stuff, the big exciting things? Um, but that becomes, it sounds like without this, obviously the fundamentals, that's what it means, the fundamentals. We don't have access to the, to the bigger potential.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, We like to break it down into energy, work, and love. So I want to take that ambition that one has been putting into all the extrinsic stuff that we've talked about exhaustively now, the fame, the wealth, and the hotness. And I'm not saying get rid of it. And I'm actually saying if you play the game we're talking about, you're going to get more of that. But you're going to realize that that wasn't the actual game that you should be playing. Paradoxically, happy, joyful people make more money. They experience more success. So all the things that you predominantly may want now, you'll get more of. When you focus on the things that actually matter and then, oh, bonus, you're going to feel great now and you don't need to wait until those things happen. But we like to I like to channel the ambition of, all right, well, who are you at your best? And and soul level is cool. But even I would look at that and go, what does that mean? You know, so then I want to break that down into practical terms. A good life comes down to two things. Freud says one of the very few times I agree with him, work and love. If you can show up powerfully in your work and how you create you know, in the world and serve in the world and your love, right? For me, it's as a husband and a father and as a friend and as a, as a teacher and a leader and all these things, work and love, you get those two things right. Freud says that's, that's the essence of a good life. I say yes and if your energy sucks because of poor lifestyle choices, good luck showing up powerfully in your work and love. So let's start with energy, which science says is the number one virtue most highly correlated with your well-being. If your vitality sucks, again to be crass and blunt, your life sucks. So prioritize your eating, your moving, and your sleeping, and your breathing, and your focusing, etc. But then let's think about who you are at your best in energy. So I'll take all that ambition that you have, and maybe you're a triathlete or an Ironman. Cool. All right, cool. But really, is that really the proper distribution of your energy, work, and love? Perhaps we need to take 10 hours of training a week out of your energy, do just enough to be dialed in without having to impress everybody with all of your outcome goals or whatever, or not, depending on the person, bring some of that into your love, which is almost always the case for the men with whom I work and anyone who's who's hyper ambitious like me. Energy and work are easy for me and for a lot of guys that are doing what we're doing at a high level. Maybe there's some tweaks, but we're okay there. It's the love. It's how do you operationalize being a good husband and being a good father and doing the little things that matter. But no one's going to tell you that they prefer square footage over connection with their kids. No parent who's going through you know depression and anxiety or suicidal ideation with their kids thinks that's awesome. But let's connect it to the behaviors that you've engaged in or haven't engaged in that might be contributing to that instability in your kids. And let's see if those little moments that you're giving away in the day to things that aren't that important could be brought back and you could close the gap this evening with your wife and with your kids or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. for your idiosyncratic expression and then again this is where the freedom the aliveness the love and the peace comes from um and there is that of course gruel trade but you quickly learn and seneca talked about this 2000 years ago how much better to pursue a straight course he said Where doing what is best for you is what you most enjoy. You couldn't pay me to not go to bed early. I got nine hours of sleep last night. I'm working harder than I've ever worked. I went to bed at 7.30 after we tucked the kids in. Got up at 5.30, no alarm, and I feel great. You could not pay me to stay up and watch some pseudo hero on a sports field or on a Netflix show and sacrifice that sense of of joy that I have right now. Um, So I can show up powerfully with you. So hopefully we can serve some people. And my entire life is architected around this. And the things that I used to think were chores are gifts. Me working out, you know, the the 55 burpees I've done so far, and I'm behind Trip My 55 burpees (laughs) I've done so far, those are not chores. Oh, shit, I got to do them. It's, oh, I know I'm going to feel alive when I'm connecting with Trip. Let's go. And so each one of those things we're doing that used to be a pain in the butt now become the very way that we achieve the things we want in life. On the important yet mundane things, um again, you get me fired up as always, but you tried <laughs> to
0: hear your thoughts. It's good. I want to come back to a myth that I often bump into, which when folks are getting into personal development, is that if I'm doing it right, then it's easy. And I think this is a really nuanced conversation that somehow it, they're wait, we're waiting on easy or, or we're waiting on easy to be the validation that we're doing it correctly or we're on the right path. And I can yep. see so many instances in my own life, obviously in yours, where that's not been the case. And yet we're, we're, we're stepping into more challenge Yep. And in service of freedom, alive, it's love and peace, and in service of eudaimonia, as as you say. So let's talk about this myth that if I was doing it right, it would be easy. And kind of how to yeah. how to make sure we're not doing the thing just because it's hard, because of whatever. I need to make there's guys that need to make life complex and hard. There's that thing going on too. So how do yep. we how do we kind of figure that one out?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many threads we can pull on that. There's there's simple versus complicated. Then there's easy versus hard. So I'd start with that differentiation. A good life is simple. I mean, it's truly simple. It's not easy to create it, but it's not that that is not complicated. It's I mean, again, asterisks. of course, it is more complicated and more nuanced than I'm describing. But we've all experienced our best. We we, mean, the exercise I do with people is pick out a piece of paper and I'll get to the it's supposed to be hard and all that stuff, but just or challenging If you get a piece of paper out, draw a line down the middle and put do on the left and don't on the right. And just think about when you were at your best. So when you were at your best, and we've all experienced peak moments in weeks and months, what were you doing? Perhaps you were eating a certain way. You were moving your body a certain way. You were prioritizing sleep. You were spending time with your family or creating in a certain way. What did you do? And then importantly, frankly, more importantly, what did you not do? Those probably weren't the moments in which you were binge, fill in the blank, drinking, eating, watching, whatever you're doing. All right, cool. Then what's the one thing? Well, so a good life is do more of the stuff you were doing when you're at your best and less of the stuff you weren't. And good news, you've already created an experience in your life in which somehow you did those things. We just need to reinstall them and then quit giving away your gains. Then you've built scaffolding. Well, you're no longer going to be so up and down. You'll still have highs and lows, um, but that's one way to simplify it. But before we get to that, your point is the essence of objective two in the book, which is forge anti-fragile confidence. And I have you know, fun with all caps, bold moments in the book. The first one is rule number one of a good, noble, heroic life is it's supposed to be hard. So we've been seduced to play the wrong game that we've already discussed, intrinsic, extrinsic. Then we've been further seduced to think that that game should be easy. So you've lost twice. You're playing the wrong game and you were told it was supposed to be easy. So again, rule number one is a good hero's journey. And you had a great line on this in one of the um, one of our conversations. You know, you're like, look, if you're, if you're reading a book and the hero, everything's just going great, you know, or it's just boring and they're not doing anything of interest. Would you want to continue reading that book? No. So if your life is that and you're either not challenging yourself or you're the hero who constantly complains about all the challenges, do you want to read that book that is your life? No. Create an authentic life. Embrace the fact that it's supposed to be hard. Um, Then use those obstacles to get stronger. So since our last chat with Heroic, i got I got the best opportunity to practice my philosophy ever. We got a letter from the SEC two days before I launched the heroic app. What do we? Two days before I'm ready to finally celebrate. I'm a reasonably high strung dude before I give big talks. I was given a big talk to launch our our app. I told Alexander, my wife on 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 what was it? Wednesday night, I think Thursday night, I'm ready. I'm gonna enjoy this talk, right? And then the next morning, my team's out at our house. I get a delivery from the UPS dude. Hey, what's up? Made out to heroic legal department. I'm like, we don't have a legal department. Zip the SEC, right? I'm pretty sure that's not a winning combination. Legal <laughs> department the SEC, right? In that moment, literally Epictetus comes to mind. He says, when life challenges you, see it as an opportunity given to you by the gods to get stronger. Imagine he said, like, you're an Olympic wrestler and God gave you a strong wrestler to make you Olympic caliber material. So for me, that challenge, I don't reject challenges. I'm trying to do things that are hard. I'm we're going on Everest, me and you and everybody on this call. You don't expect easy. That's the whole point. It's supposed to be hard. The weather's supposed to suck at times. But the question is, what do you do when life kicks you like that? So for me, I double down, triple down on my fundamentals. And I literally, that thing that would have crushed the old me challenged the bliss out of the new me, right? But I used it as an opportunity to get stronger, which is a longer chat on how to forge anti-fragile confidence where you know you have what it takes to meet whatever life throws at you. And I have found nothing more powerful in my own personal transformation than the algorithm that Phil Stutz, with whom we both worked, taught me that I've operationalized in my own way. The worse you feel, the more committed you are to your protocol. The worse you feel, the more committed you are. Whereas most people, when life challenges them, and I'm sharing it in this context because the main obstacle to doing this is it shouldn't be happening. So this challenge in my relationship with my kids at work, with my health, shouldn't be happening. That's a great way to suffer. What if you radically accept it, art of acquiescence, stoic style, and say, well, it should be happening because it is happening. Now. Rather than spiral out into vicious behavior, I'm going to have the wisdom and the discipline to work my protocol at the highest possible level because I'm a hero on my quest. God's gave me a chance to practice my philosophy. Long winding answer now, but we've got to embrace the fact it's supposed to be hard. Then we use those challenges. Ryan Holiday, obstacle is the way style. The obstacle becomes the way, it becomes the fuel for your fire if you use it appropriately. And now I'm going to shut up again. Take us wherever you want to go. But you getting me, Byron?
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, there's there's been places in our lives, both of our lives, I know, in many of our lives, where it gets hard, and it's an indication that it's it's an opportunity to course correct. So I'm wondering if there's a way that we can speak to that, and knowing that you know what this is this is the end of this cycle. I don't I don't need to double down here just because it's hard doesn't mean it's it's the correct thing. Yeah, can yeah, we speak again, to that a little bit?
1: Really, really important distinction. So, you know, we've trained 10,000 coaches, 100 countries, and I do daily coaching. 101 p.m. Every single day I show up for everyone in our community and I coach someone. They'll say, hey, life is happening to me. It's really, really hard. And they want advice on the specific thing. Now, of course, there are times in which we leave the thing or the relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I always start with the same exact question, which is, all right, cool. How are your fundamentals? Because if you are being pushed to make a decision like that, you better be connected to your best self. Again, eudaimonia daimon, eu means good soul. So the ancient Greeks and Stoics believed you had a guiding spirit. Your are daimon. The Romans called it your genius. Everyone had it. It wasn't you are a genius. Everyone had a genius or a daimon, a guiding spirit. Your job in life, Desmond Tutu, Richard Rohr, the great um, Franciscan monk says, just plug in. You're the little light bulb that's experiencing life. But you want to connect to the divine you know, force. Ken Wilber would say the same basic thing. So your job in general, and especially when you're getting your butt kicked, is to slow down and do the simple things that allow you to create a really clear communication channel between your best self and your little self. Rather than daimon, the diminutive of daimon is demon so it's virtue daimon vice demon we each have those voices in our head the question is which one is driving the show because if you're following the demon good luck if you slow down and again this is where to to conquer any challenge and mine are different than yours right now i know you're facing challenges i'm of course facing challenges everyone is independent of the specific tactical decisions we want to dominate our protocol. So when i say double down, it wasn't double down on that thing that maybe i shouldn't double down on. It's no no no. I'm going to double down on making sure that the best version of myself is showing up. And again, it's it's silly things. At the time i was meditating for an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. I'm 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 eating clean. My my protocol went up at that time, not down. I and that's an important thing that the old me would not have done. I'm going to bed Right when I say I'm going to go to bed, I'm moderating my my tech inputs. I'm not blowing my consciousness up. I'm trying to be a good husband and a good father. In those moments in which I used to break and I was fragile, I want to become anti fragile. The opposite of fragile is anti fragile. And it's exhilarating when we make that algorithmic shift. Um, And the decision that your Daimon counsels you on might be leave that job, that relationship, or whatever. Um, But you can't make that wise decision from my vantage point alone. You need to connect to the best version of yourself. And again, paradoxically, you do it via the most mundane, unsexy, simple fundamentals that, that help you feel alive and connected.
0: I, my big takeaway from that is uh, is who's answering the question? If I, If I'm thinking about making a big change in my life to leave or stay, I want to have the biggest, best version of me there the core self as much as possible, the, the the deepest wisdom available instead of the reactive part of me that's exhausted and is, not, and is poorly resourced. So it's my job to make sure that I'm bringing the resource, the biggest, best version of me to that significant conversation and then be able to lean in on that and say, okay, from this perspective, how do I want to approach this challenge instead of I'm tired, I'm over this crap, I'm out. And Screw it. And
1: then and then you're then you're showing up and every everything becomes the joke I have is you know, you invite the circus into town. So then mm. the clown show comes up, and, hey yeah, I'm gonna go do this and this and this. Right. right. And again, everybody knows that's not the time to do that. But if we can muster just a little bit more of the self-mastery and discipline to practice a little bit more or a lot more um intently and aggressively, it, it it's it's weird, right? Because it's it's not easy, but it becomes more effortless. And this is the ancient Chinese philosophers Wu Wei, effortless action was actually effortless, virtuous action. It was effortlessly expressing the best version of yourself where these guys didn't need to work at it. So again, I'm not working at it now. My basal ganglia is programmed, not all the time, but 80% of the time, it would be harder for me to not do the thing that used to be impossible to do than to do the right thing. So Confucius, Lao Tzu, these guys, that's what they were trying to do was cultivate this ability to effortlessly show up as your best self, to live with virtue, to live with Arte. And then when you do that, you have what they called moral charisma that I call soul force, which is the seventh objective that we all have the same superpower. You, right now, you have this sense and why people come to you is there's a sense of integrity between what you say is important to you and what you're doing. You are showing up, not perfectly, but more and more consistently as your best self. And the ancient Chinese philosophers trained the ancient Chinese leaders because they all wanted that because we're neurologically programmed to follow people like that. So again, as you do these things, you'll still have challenges. Hopefully they'll get bigger, frankly, and more frequent because you're taking on bigger challenges and you're capable of dealing with them more gracefully. And people want to follow you, whether that's your clients or your colleagues or your supervisors will admire you or whatever, your, your sibling, I'm sorry, your spouse, your kids, et cetera. They'll feel something in you yeah is exciting and um again now we're jumping around to uh to basically everything that we that we've talked about and framed up in the book but this is it
0: yeah when i work with other coaches you know that's where i drum it home is like y- y- our job is to tune ourselves to that frequency our job is to invite people into that we don't it's not so much that we have to have the answers for them but we just invite them into that space with us and then they can access it for themselves and then we don't have to do the heavy lifting. When they can access that deeper part of themselves, they can then drive their lives or find, find their way in that. But it's our job to create that environment and that container for them to meet us there.
1: And, and to be the demonstration of it. So the way that we frame it up for our coaches is client number zero is you always. And as you know, with our program, you have to do the things that we say, theory to practice. So you need to meditate every day for 11 minutes if you want to be a certified heroic coach. I'm not aware of any program that that challenges the coaches to actually do the things. It's all theory. We got to move from theory to practice, but you are the embodiment of the ideas and ideals that, that you're the only reason someone pays you or any coach to do something is you have something that they want more of. Perfect. So be the embodiment of that. And then absolutely what we're talking about is the same exact thing. Help them create the space through your demonstration and through your humble um, inquiry where I don't, I don't, I rarely give tactical prescriptive advice. I always do what I described, which is how are your fundamentals? Oh, you know what? I'm still eating this and that. All right, well, what do you think you might be able to do to get a little bit more energized? All right, well, my sleep, I think I can dial in. I think I can do this. And then I say, all right, Well, see if you can get a good night of sleep tonight and ask your daimon tomorrow morning. After you get up, don't, don't blow up your brain with emails and texts, goosebumps, ask your daimon what they think, and then do that. Not once in a while, but consistently, and let's see what we can chip away at that. And Then the follow on question is, well, what do you want? At the end of the day, the move from victim to hero is really simple. The victim complains about everything. It's not working the way I want, and they're they're critical, they're gossiping, they get cynical, perhaps, even nihilistic, and boom, it all sucks and everyone sucks. All right, perfect. Victim to hero is, what do I want? We call it targeted thinking. So in any given moment, literally, and in big life decisions, the question is, well, what do you want? Relationship, job, et cetera-wise, what do you want? If you could wave a wand and create your idea, what would it look like? And then what do you need to do to get it? What price are you going to need to pay? What behavior do you need to engage in right now in order to hold that tension and move toward your idea? The data in as you take action. Your plan won't survive contact with the enemy, as the military says, um, but evolve. And continue to come back to what do I want? What do I need to do to get it? And my number one target every day is getting my own soul force activated. Um, and again, moment to moment to moment, then I can show up with you right now, with other big decisions I'm making throughout, you know, the days and weeks, um, as I strive to go out and do something meaningful.
0: Let's come back to the book, which is not just a collection of big ideas, but it's actually the culmination of what you've been learning that actually works. You have the app, you have this community. I'd love to hear some stories about some of the, the, the ways that people have turned their lives around or made big shifts as a result of actually doing the things that you talk about in this book.
1: For some reason, we're able to affect people who are really performing at the most elite levels who are into this and who feel my intensity and passion, like, damn, okay, cool, yeah, let's go. And take them from already extraordinary performance to the next, next level. In mm-hmm. the sports, in the military, um, um, executives, et cetera. But what really moves me is the people who wanted to end their lives, who had plans to end their lives. And we have a couple of videos that come up in particular of a couple of women who, I was gonna kill myself, one woman said, you know, I had the plan, the vultures were gonna come get me, no one was ever gonna find me. Goosebumps, tears in my eyes. Wow. And then somehow she found me and the work and and it gave her the stability to move through. And I talk a lot about my own challenges. I wanted to end my life, as you know, 25 years ago. That was all I could think about. So I know what it feels like to grow up in a household with an alcoholic father whose father was an alcoholic who killed himself. My joke is I lost the environmental and uh, genetic lottery on that one. Perfect. I know what it feels (laughs) like to want to end my own life. But I also know what it feels like to feel this, Highs and lows still, because I'm human. Everyone is. So you don't have those things. But I, I know what it feels like to create a life of deep meaning. I know what it feels like to feel like I never could. And I have a decent sense of what I did in order to, to step it out. But that's what strikes me is, is the heart opening. Why I work so hard, dude? Let's go. Train people to show up as their best selves. Help people across that spectrum. And those are some of the stories that that really impact me. Um you know drive me i mean to to ground our ambition in something bigger than ourselves to have our kids in mind when we're making decisions you know which is my biggest challenge is being being the guy that i want to be integrated for my two kids 11 and six thinking of these people we're serving um and then going all in unapologetically dude yeah i mean I, you, you're in the book you know i, I just you're the, you're the longest passage in the book and I could paraphrase it. Hey, I, I could have paraphrased it, right? I'm like, all right, well, my buddy Trip said this. Let me give you my take on it. I'm like, no, Trip said it's so great. Well, here you go. Here's what Trip has to say. So you hold the intensity with the fact that you're not that big of a deal. It's just none of this stuff simultaneously matters at all, at all. And nothing is more important than us showing up in this moment, especially today with the circus that is our world as it continues to um go next next level in in horror show and tragedy. Um just when you think it reached its apex of of terror, uh literal and metaphorical, um that's that's what I think of with the community.
0: Yeah. I had a chance to meet a lot of folks in your community. I've interacted with your community on the coaching calls. Um and uh it's it's so exciting to hear people's stories and and how you've inspired them and how the community As a whole, just everybody's lifted up from it. It was really inspiring. So, um, I'm curious because we haven't had a conversation on here since the app was launched. And you know, when we were having those conversations, we were talking about your process of of raising the money and and how it was impacting you individually as as in your own growth. I'd just to kind of get a, a nutshell like how have you? What has been the impact on you? since the launch of of the app and in now into the launch of this book what's been going on underneath the hood for you uh
1: growth you know we mentioned the uh, letters that i got two days before the app launched and of course the markets completely changed it went from the literally historically um frothy capital liquid markets and raising money to one of the worst at the same time that we received this letter we navigated that process Usually takes 24 months, we did it in eight months. The firm that that, um, we retained, who's the best in the world at doing this stuff, hired me to keynote their partner talk after we went through the process, because they were juxtaposing emails they got laced with F-bombs and how we were showing up. And I was trying to work the the protocol, anti-fragile confidence style. anyway, that was fun, gave me an opportunity to triple down on my protocol. Uh, We launched the training side of the app, as, as I discussed right before we got that letter. And then we just launched the social private beta of that literally last month. Um, But the thing that's salient for me is, um, and again, the app to to recap is we help you get clarity on who you are at your best in your energy, work, and love. We help you create identities. Identity literally means repeated beingness. So you have a self-image and identity that you will never outperform. And you want to get clear on who you are at your best. You want to identify the virtues you embody when you are at your best. Then you want to know the do and don'ts that you do and you will do consistently. So energy, work, and love, identities, virtues, and your top three targets. And the thing is, like, it's hard to have a bad day if you know who you are at your best and you do the few things, simple things, energy, work, and love. You'll still have highs and lows, but you're not going to go off the rails. If after you have a kind of bad day, you recommit. So anyway, um, that's the app, and it makes it more explicit what you're specifically going to do. So for example, in love, I look for moments to connect with my kids without the phone, with my wife and with my mother-in-law who spends part of her time on our, we have a little tiny house in our property. So I had the app, she didn't know I had the app and I literally was in the morning saying, all right, well, I wanna make sure I create a moment of awesome with my kids and with her, she's here. Now I'm, I'm a reasonably introverted guy who can get stuck in my head and it's easy for me to miss opportunities to connect with her and with my kids so i use the app to commit in the morning it takes me seconds to commit whatever i'm going to find a moment with with nama is what the kids call her right so i'm doing it three days in my mother-in-law says goosebumps tears in my eyes something's to my wife something's different with brian it's just amazing I'm a, I'm a decent guy trip <laughs> but i can be that guy who's just busy you know and i'm just doing my thing And I'll tell you what, that moment was one of the most profound moments for me that gave me confidence that we've got something. We've had science that's proven. If you use the app, uh, depending on the study, you'll be 23% more energized than if you don't. If you hit one target in the app, that's a profound thing that we've done with people that have never heard of me 30 days in, et cetera. Um, We can move people scientifically from the 53rd percentile to the 70th. 53rd percentile is average, what do we, by definition, to the 70th, normal Who'd never heard of me before in 30 days. So I'm really, really proud of that. Um, it's affected me deeply. I hit 101 targets. I do the things we're talking about. I know who I am at my best and what I do, and I do those things every single day. And it's given me a sense of, um, you know, that that calm confidence and that anti-fragile. Uh, let's go um, and a groundedness and, and a joy um, that's been exhilarating. Um, And now we're really excited about the social. I think that's going to be the most powerful thing where, you know, your community can connect with one another and with you outside of TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter or X or whatever it is now. What if we had a social platform? We're sharing these ideas. You're seeing my protocol. I see your protocol. Your community sees other people's protocols. Um, Our coaches are using and will use the app to coach their clients. One of our guys coaches some of the most elite sports professionals in the world. Well, he's using Heroic. Who are you? Energy, work, and love. Before coaching sessions, he's looking at whether they did the things they said they would do. It's like a habit tracking tool, but it's virtues-based and all the other things we've talked about. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. And I think this time next year is going to be super cool as the social platform launches. And then again, we hope the book is helpful and just easier to let people know more about who I am beyond a podcast chat like this, the app's a bit abstract and it's a very concrete way of, Hey, people read books. Well, here you go. 451 of my all-time favorite ideas um, that will hopefully help you move from theory to practice and uh, come closer to activating your heroic potential, as we say.
0: Right on brother. Well, by the time this, uh, our conversation comes out, the book will be available and um, yeah, it's a great addition to, everything that you've created. And I just want to say that you continue to inspire me, especially when it comes to how you deal with challenge. I remember all that that th- happening that you discussed um, a while back. And I was just like, wow, that would just be a, a real punch. And it all happened mm-hmm. right before you head up on stage. I was there and, and watching you go through that challenge and manage all of that stuff and all of the people, all the energy, knowing it, that you're not, quite the people guy that some others are and just really appreciating uh, your ability to lean in during that time because I think it would have devastated most folks.
1: Dude, just, just, I appreciate that. And just to give concrete numbers to it, I was raising $15 million. So I had built the entire business assuming I'd raised $15 million. I had that money committed. I had 5 million in. I literally signed contracts, built the business to support that. And it wasn't there because the letter we got precluded us or it, it prevented us from doing the fundraising. So I had to go rebuild the entire business in that moment. And I, I want to be really clear. It was hard. I'm not, I did the hard work to show up, but I, I tattooed my body with heroic dude. And it, it was, it was, there were moments there where I'm like, what did you do, man? Like it was, it was, uh, it was potentially catastrophic. And the metaphor was on Everest, huge storm. People got blown off the mountain supplies were gone. What are we going to do? I nearly wept more than once. I mean, it was a, it, it was hard. Um, and yet, I practice the philosophy I, I, harder than ever. I mean, there was not, there was no going off the rails for me. And this is, again, what gives me so much, um, again, at the risk of being a modest personal confidence that I can handle whatever life throws at me. Anything that comes up, there'll be harder personal things, losing people and all those things, but whatever, dude, <laughs> nothing is going to be harder than that entrepreneurially at similar levels, et cetera. But then most importantly, it works. These ideas, at the highest level, idiosyncratically expressed, work. And it's not because it's me. It's ancient wisdom, modern science. And as you know, and we've talked about so many times, I read, I don't know how many books. Like This is just, it's what everyone has said across all time. Live with virtue. Be your best self. Here's how. And again, feel blessed to be in dialogue with you to bring these ideas to life and appreciate your kind words. And it's me trying to do the thing that we talked about. Be client number zero. Try to practice your own philosophy idiosyncratically as intensely as I am, with you being all calm and cool and me being me. It's like it's a cool opportunity for us to show up as us and demonstrate different pathways that are embodying the same ideas um, to create better, more noble lives and, and be of service in a profound way, you know?
0: Yeah. This makes me want to go back to our very first conversation you were in Bali. And I remember hearing the rain in the background and you'd packed a trunk of a hundred books and you were going to do a hundred notes. And that was your, that was, that was a chunk at that time. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that guy. It makes me yeah. want to go back and listen to that and, and revisit where you were at that time. Cause it's this, this path and this story has been extraordinary.
1: That's so funny. Two of, my, two of my buddies who are former baseball players make fun of me. I'll make sure they listen to this and they would have anyway, but, but they're like, dude, you then, they use words I don't use in public. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've been told that I've evolved uh, in, in a few different ways. So. <laughs> I did think you were a bit weird.
0: You were the only guy I've ever met that went to Bali to read books and not surf. I was like, wow, that's strange. You know. This guy, well, that, that
1: part of it I'm cool with, but just just you know, trying to master the craft and get more comfortable communicating all those things. But yeah, um, love you, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you for uh, doing you and um, always great to connect.
0: Yeah, brother. Much love to you. Give your kids a a tackle for me and a hug to Alexander. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.